Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of the Health Conscious Podcast. We are so excited for this episode today where we have some special guests from Epic, the EHR company, who are going to be speaking to us. So we're, we're looking forward to that and we'll get to that in just a minute. But before we get to that, once again, I'd like to remind everyone, if you've been enjoying these episodes, please make sure to like um, and subscribe to the podcast channel and leave us a review. Those are always very appreciative and we love to hear your feedback. We're really excited about the next two episodes of the Health Conscious Podcast. We have one in consulting, and our final episode of this season, which will happen in mid-May, is going to be a little different. We're going to be talking about the history of medicine. We're going to be speaking with a history professor. And in that episode, we're going to have some wacky stories about healthcare from the past. So make sure, that, again, once again, that you're subscribed so you're ready for that. But today's episode is one from Epic. First, we have Annie Riley, who's a quality manager at Epic, where she tests new software currently in development, specifically related to provider communications. She also translates client and patient-facing material into Arabic and relays clinicians' product enhancement ideas to various Epic R&D teams. After graduating from Cornell University with a degree in Near Eastern Studies, Annie moved to Amman, Jordan, where she supported the marketing and social media team at a telehealth startup. Annie returned to Cornell after a year in Amman for her Master of Professional Studies and Management at the Johnson Graduate School of Business. And in her free time, she enjoys spending time with friends, biking around the many lakes in Madison, and exploring Wisconsin. Our second guest is Jillian Murphy, who is a project manager at Epic, who guides social care and population health software implementations around the country. Currently, Jillian is leading a work group at Epic to enhance tools with the social determinants of health, which we'll speak to her about, to help expand the service areas in which SDOH is documented and interventions are provided. Jillian graduated from the University of Pittsburgh with a degree in developmental psychology and worked with several not-for-profits across the Pittsburgh area before coming to Epic. She enjoys getting out on the mountains and more like the hills in Wisconsin, they say, and snowboarding as well as hiking in the summer. We're so excited uh, to have both of them today and I'll toss it over to Christian. All right, Annie and Jillian, thank you so much for joining us today on the Health Conscious Podcast. How are you doing today? Awesome. Thanks, Christian. Yeah, doing well. Thanks for asking. Excellent. Yeah, Peyton and I have really been, this has been something that's been on our radar um, for a long time is doing an, an EHR related episode. So we're really grateful for you and sharing your time with us um, this morning. So our listeners come from a, a variety of different backgrounds in healthcare. Um, and, and Epic is, is um, in many cases, kind of like a, you, I guess what you would call it a household name, right? But we would love to hear from your mouths specifically, what Ep- well, from your mouths, what Epic does in general, as well as what you do um, at, at Epic specifically. And let's start with Annie and then go to Jillian. Yeah. So Epic is known as one of the major players in the electronic health records industry, but we also have ventures in research. Over the years, we've come to define ourselves as a more comprehensive health record, which means reaching outside of the typical health record sphere. Uh, We've expanded to pharmacy, home care, social care, which are some of the things I think we'll get to today in this conversation. At Epic, as a quality manager, I work with the developers to make sure what they're developing works and will work for every customer. Um, my team covers provider communications, which includes any time a provider or a physician wants to send a letter to a patient or another provider, like in a referral instance or something. Um, so after the new functionality has been developed, 
other uh, quality managers and developers test and review the functionality and it is configured for our customers. Afterwards, technical services and implementation will take over. And that's where IV and I work with the uh, implementation services side of Epic. Um, and this is really where we focus on customer support. So um, utilizing the software that Epic has created, um, my role is to work with organizations to build the system based on best practices, as well as needs of that specific organization. So I step in at the beginning of an install from kickoff to building the tools and then testing the tools in that specific system and even support help training those end users. Then we bring the organization to go live, which is where we flip the switch and turn on Epic for their system. And then after that, we hand it off to ongoing services, which then helps support the customer basically forever. Excellent, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really excited to speak speak a little bit more to uh, how Epic is shifting to be a, a comp how Epic is a, a comprehensive services provider, kind of in the latter half of that this episode. I'm looking forward to that. But before we dive into um, those specific questions, I would love to hear a little bit more about what it's like to work at Epic, because I've heard even outside of healthcare, just broadly as a place to work, um, that it's a wonderful place to work. Uh, is that true? Yeah. Um, so when I was looking for a job, I wanted to work with smart, curious, and nice people every day. And I feel really lucky to have found those people at Epic. Every single person I work with is driven and wants to help not only me succeed at Epic, but also all of our customers um, give the absolute best care to their patients. And so at the same time, the work is challenging, it's impactful, and it's extremely rewarding. Every day I'm working on something new and building my skill set and I really also can't answer this question without bringing up the amazing food and fun campus. I'm sure you've heard about all of the fun buildings and the artwork and the excellent culinary staff. Jillian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with the campus and food. You cannot talk about Epic without talking about that. Um, but regarding the day-to-day, -day, working on something important, as important as electronic health records and patient care, with passionate people is so rewarding. Um, and to get into a little bit about how important our work is, we have records in Epic for over two thirds of the nation's population. And that is just a very impactful uh, statement for me when I go to work every day. Um, it gets me excited to come to work and knowing that I'm making a difference really helps me, um, my drive and also working with these really down to earth people. Yeah, two thirds of the country. That is that is a pretty powerful, powerful statement right there. Um, and I think that you made a pretty convincing case uh, for our listeners to submit their respective applications to Epic as well. Um, Annie, I want to direct two questions next uh, to you. Um, first of all, I would love to hear a little bit about um, your path. And you, you alluded to this kind of at a high level in the last question, but your path um, specifically to, to healthcare, right? When we cross paths at, at Cornell, Peyton and I were uh, master of, or we are master of health administration students. So all of our colleagues go into healthcare, but um, you were in a non-healthcare non specific graduate program. Um, how did you make the jump to healthcare? How did you become interested in healthcare? So I graduated from Cornell undergrad with a degree in Near Eastern studies, which you mentioned, and I moved to Amman, Jordan where I found a job at a telehealth startup. 
That company focuses primarily on delivering orthodontic treatments directly to consumers. And I guess when I first started there, I didn't realize how big of an impact straight teeth could have on someone. Um, but hearing from our customers that their lives had changed after straightening their teeth with our clear aligners really motivated me to pursue a career in healthcare. So I returned from Amman and got a master's of professional studies in management at the Johnson School at Cornell, where I met Peyton and Christian with the Healthcare Students Association. At Cornell, I focused on finding the intersection of my skill set. So my graduate degree and healthcare, which eventually led me to Epic. Yeah, I can go ahead and talk a little bit about the uh, developmental psychology uh, background that I had. Um, it comes into, into play a lot with my work. So I work on the social care team here at Epic and I am able to connect to customers and be grounded in my work through my understanding of how important it is to intervene on development um, for young patients and patients who are adults. Um, and I'd like to say that the great thing about Epic is that everyone comes from a different education background. You can really see um, the variety of skills. And I think that goes to show that um, your, your major is important in the ways that it teaches you to be a hard worker and to work through situations at work. Um, it doesn't always have to relate directly to your job. Definitely, especially as healthcare is becoming increasingly interdisciplinary as a sector, it's important for people that come from a different background that have different ways to approach complex problems. Um, I, I think that that's a, that's a really great point. Um, so I would love to ask um, Annie a question about starting a job in, in COVID. Um, this last summer, I worked for a consulting firm um, for doing a summer internship. And one of the challenges that I found was I was, con I was, I was concerned that I wasn't making an impression, right? Because, you know, be, being in a virtual hybrid setting, it was a little bit harder. I was worried about, you know, standing out and making sure that, you know, people recognize my name and things like that um, without, you know, ever shaking a hand or, or being across the table from somebody. So um, how, how have you been able to kind of manage that in a virtual hybrid setting? How have you made an impression? How have you standed out? How do you volunteer um, and the likes? Yeah, Christian, I can agree with you. Starting a new job or internship during COVID is not easy. Um, and so for others starting a job right now, I think my biggest recommendation would be um, don't be afraid to schedule time on someone's calendar for some virtual face-to-face -face communication. Since everything is online, we can't just walk down the hall and stop by someone's office. And we often revert to sending emails or chats. Um, but I think a lot can get lost in text. And for building relationships and communicating effectively, I would suggest picking up the phone and giving your teammates a call. I've built a lot of relationships and got to know my team members a lot better through um, just having our weekly meetings and then also joining more fun meetings like trivia or coffee chats. Yeah, that's great. I, I know similar to Christian, I'm about to, we're both about to start our uh, our full time jobs post graduate school, and hopefully, maybe COVID will be becoming a distant memory come the summer. But um, obviously, that's not a, a for sure thing. So appreciate that insight, Jillian. I want to hop over to you to talk about something that's becoming more important 
in the in the healthcare space. And that's kind of social determinants of health. It's something that we've seen healthcare providers and organizations, the government focus extensively on in the last couple of years. So can you talk a little bit about how, what social determinants of health is, why it's important and what Epic specifically is doing in this space to help? Yeah, absolutely. So social determinants of health are becoming more and more prevalent in our conversations in healthcare. And so I won't go too much into the stats about it, but to briefly overview, um, mainly we want to focus on the fact that 40% of an individual's health is determined by their personal behaviors and 15% is driven by social factors. That is huge, meaning that social care is really um, integral to healthcare. So understanding social health adds to the extra dimension um, in patient care. So adding that extra dimension can shift the patient's overall trajectory when it comes to healthcare. And by tracking social determinants of health, or SDOH as we like to call it, um, in client care, we are better understanding their medical and social complexity. So this in turn benefits the most at-risk population. So what Epic's doing in this space um, is growing even more. So we currently have tools to assist organizations in their documentation and intervention of social determinants of health, which is really awesome. Um, and the tools are expansive for care managers and clinicians. Um, Epic launched the first, the world's first integrated social and health care record in 2019 at an organization called Apoti in Finland. And since then, we've been headstrong and growing, adapting, um, and innovating in that social care, healthcare space. We're working to not only document those needs, but also to connect community resources and care management for the most at-risk population. So Epic also has, has 10, sorry, 11 now um, domains released. Everything from stress to financial security are considered domains of social determinants of health. Now, these domains are based on both research done by the National Academy of Medicine, um, also CMS, and also has expanded as our customers and organizations have told us what the community really needs. Um, there are out of, out of the box, uh, domains available for our customers, which is um, a collection of that 11 that I was speaking of. These include um, stress, financial insecurity, um, food insecurity, transportation insecurity, housing insecurity, and more. Uh, so being able to identify 11 different areas of social impact is highly helpful for our care managers and clinicians to get their patients the help they need. So another thing I wanted to mention was we do give our, our partners the option to have clinicians and care managers document this data, but we also give the option for patients to do it as well. So they can access um, questionnaires via their patient portal, what we like to call MyChart, and they can enter in the data themselves by answering some questions and it will file directly to their electronic health record, which is really awesome and allows for people to have the opportunity to answer this at home and maybe um, answer it very honestly since they're doing it over my chart. 
Yeah, absolutely. I know working this past summer at a, a community hospital in a very um, rural, low-income area, one thing that was heavily discussed was the social determinants of health um, and how it impacts the community in particular. Um, and so I guess a follow-up question might be, you know, what are some of the impacts of screening for social de determinants of health for healthcare systems? And what types of successes maybe have these systems seen using the Epic software that you just discussed? Yeah, that's a great question. So it might be helpful for me to try and describe visually what this looks like in system, even though we're over a podcast, um, and show what the clinician might see um, when they do screen for social determinants of health. So in Epic, we have risk scores and visual cues in the client's chart to show them um, the clinician when they're working with the client to um, what areas they may need the most help in or they are the most high risk for. So uh, the each domain that the organization is using is color coded red, yellow, or green to what level of risk that patient falls. So it really gives a great at a glance, what does this cl client or patient need help with? Um, and you can also hover over that, that at a glance view to get more concrete and explicit information um, as to what screeners were used or when they were taken. Um, regarding the next step that a physician or a clinician or a care manager could take is um, upon a, a high risk area being screened, um, they can get an advisory that says, this person screened as high risk for housing insecurity and should likely be referred to this program that provides assistance for people experiencing housing insecurity. Um, this is really valuable because allowing cl clinicians to receive a suggestion of intervention upon the risk being identified fights against high-risk patients going through um, or slipping through the cracks, really. And I did want to provide with that one example of um, an organization um, that did a really great job at making sure all these patients were captured. So, uh, for example, ProMedica in Ohio has this um, group called the Community Care Hub that has several care managers working in that Community Care Hub, where anyone, any patient in their system who screens as high risk for social determinants of health files to the Community Care Hub for next steps to make sure that they don't get documented as high risk and fall through the cracks, but they do have that follow-up and care and intervention. Yeah, well, Jillian, I was hoping you could potentially elaborate a little bit more on what tools Epic is providing and helping health systems use to intervene and take action based on the social determinants of health data that you're getting from the screening that you just uh, spoke about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have seen great successes with interventions with our organizations. At Trinity Health in Michigan, they've utilized data and social care interventions to target not only their food insecure population, but also their diabetic population. So for example, if a client is pre-diabetic in Epic, they can be referred to a diabetes education class at the YMCA. As we know for social factors can further complicate medical needs, we want to screen them also for those social needs. So let's say that same person who's pre-diabetic screens for a high risk for food insecurity. It's pertinent that they get fresh, healthy food to manage their diabetes. 
So after screening, high risk for food insecurity, that same individual could be referred to the local farm share through EPIC. And that is something that's currently being done at Children's Health in Michigan, which is very exciting. Um, and the next thing I did want to touch on regarding interventions and taking action based on SDOH is something that's very timely. Um, at Jesperson Health in Philadelphia and Hennepin Healthcare in Minneapolis, both are using SDOH data and reporting tools in EPIC to target underserved communities and ensure more equitable distribution of the COVID vaccine. This is really, really important as we try to tackle this pandemic um, and really target the populations that may need um, extra coordination. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the future of healthcare as we look at ways to better treat populations. And um, for healthcare systems, I think it's important to get out in front and uh, determine the social determinants of health um, so that they can take measures to be proactive instead of reactive when it comes to healthcare. Um, so kind of going along that is the last question on, on this topic. You know, how are the social determinants of health kind of expanding beyond the primary care setting into the different areas of healthcare? Absolutely. This is an area I'm really engaged in and interested in um, as we adapt EPIC tools with SDOH to new areas. Current state, we're seeing mainly SDOH being documented in primary care and um, care manager settings or social work settings. Um, we want to expand that and navigate SDOH in other service areas or service lines. Um, this is going to be extremely beneficial because the more points in which SDOH is being screened and intervened, uh, the more chance that that patient is going to get the help they need. So we're thinking critically about how to integrate SDOH standardly into areas such as the emergency department, the inpatient setting, or even when going into surgery for the operation room. And we really feel that if clinicians have the information um, prepped or available to them before uh, helping this client with a health condition of any sort, they will be able to further their recovery um, and further their healthcare down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, going beyond into different areas of the healthcare sector is a, a natural next step. And so I look forward to seeing how that continues um, both at Epic and, and through healthcare systems as well. You know, we typically always have a final question that we ask um, people on the podcast that we've and our listeners have found very helpful. So I wanna pose it to both of you. Annie, maybe I'll start with you and then hop over to Jillian. And that's, it's a pretty simple, you know, what is a tool that you would recommend, you know, future aspiring healthcare leaders add to their toolkit to help them as they begin their career? Sure, I think that's a great question. Um, I'm still young, I'm still developing my own toolkit. I think we all are. Uh, one thing that I would say is, is our world and healthcare in particular are constantly changing. People should expect change and learn to adapt quickly. With the pandemic, we don't really know what the summer is gonna look like right now. That's only a couple months away. So it's crucial that we remain flexible and adapt to solve the most urgent issues the world is facing. Yeah, very well, very well said. Jillian? Yeah, I really think it's developing people skills and sincerely connecting with others will absolutely further you in your career and your personal experience. 
Um, I know that when I work with a variety of teams, a variety of organizations, the thing that really is a constant throughout is connecting with the people that I'm working with. And it really makes um, tough conversations go better, um, better conversations go even better. So uh, I think it's something to keep in your toolkit for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Christian and I have both been astounded at how important networking and, and people skills and relationship building is not only in healthcare, but in, in you know, careers in general, but healthcare, um, maybe even potentially more so. So, well, Annie, Jillian, thank you guys so much for, for joining us on the podcast today. It was a pleasure to hear about Epic. Um, you know, it's a worldwide company, um, very well renowned, um, as Christian said, a household name almost in healthcare, if there's such a thing. Um, and so we've really appreciated hearing it and even more so hearing its, uh, its impact and social determinants of health, which is becoming more and more important, um, not only for patients, but for providers and healthcare systems, et cetera. So thank you so much for joining us. Christian, Peyton, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you both.